0: Well, friends, how did you go last week? Last Sunday, we saw from the first eight verses of Philippians that life is all about Christ. So, how'd you go? Was there anything different about your approach to life in the last seven days? How you went about your parenting? How you went about your work? Conversations you had with your friends and your workmates and your family? The importance you placed on partnering with us in the promotion and in the honour of Christ. How would you go in the last seven days? Because this week in verses 9 to 11, Paul takes a big step down the pitch. He wants to push this issue even more. Because there's something behind the truth that our lives are all about Christ. Something that even our lives lived for the Lord Jesus are all about. And this something brings clarity to our lives. It helps us make all the decisions we make day to day. It stirs our souls that we might truly live. You interested? Let's have a look. Uh, Last week we heard that Paul was praying for the Philippians. This week we hear the content of those prayers. And what Paul prays for is that God will do his work in keeping the Philippians trusting and obeying the Lord Jesus until the day of Christ. Christ is returning. People need to follow him now and always to be ready for that day. And so Paul prays that God will do his work, keeping his people in Christ until the day of Christ. And when we get to the end of Paul's prayer, we're going to see the majestic end of God's work, what even our lives lived for Christ are all about. So verse 9, and let's see the first part of Paul's prayer. And this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. There's the first thing that God's doing in our lives in order to bring us safely to the day of Christ. It's that our love will abound more and more. But what type of love? And love for who? Uh, When we think of love, we might think of, you know, romantic, gushy type of love. And that's a really nice type of love. But that's not what Paul's got on view here. And you can tell he has a much more significant kind of love because Paul prays for their love to abound in knowledge and in depth of insight. And what does that mean? Well, love growing in knowledge is the idea of knowing more and more about what we should love. Knowing more and more about what is best. So knowing that you should hold your tongue instead of making that sarcastic comment at someone else's expense. And love growing in depth of insight is the idea of actually growing in your love for those things that are best. Loving the idea of not putting someone else down in order to make yourself look good. So, so love abounding in knowledge and in depth of insight is knowing what's best and loving what's best. What does that mean in practical terms? Well, the more you know someone, the better you're able to love them, aren't you? We've all noticed this in friendships. The more you know someone, the more you understand how they think, the more you understand the things that they like, the more you're able to be considerate of them. So you know that someone likes their tea, white with one, you don't get them a tea, black with none. You know that someone likes the ballet, you don't take them to the footy. Uh, The more you know someone, the better you can love them. And this applies with us and God just as it does with us and each other. And, of course, the way we grow in our knowledge of God is by listening to him tell us about himself, reading our Bibles, coming to a deeper understanding of God and of what he wants for us, and so loving him and the things that he wants for us, having a greater clarity about what's best for each other, and so loving those things. And this love for God and his ways and for one another, this love is not to just quietly potter in the corner Paul prays that love will abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight there are some plants aren't there that you're happy just for a little bit of growth you know like the bonsai tree Uh, here's a picture of one Uh, you keep these trees in a pot there nice cute little decorative plant that is not what's on view here in verse 9 our love is to be more like a bamboo shoot I don't know if you can see it there. Hopefully you can. During the growing, uh, growing period, many species of bamboo can grow by more than 10 centimetres a day. That's abundant growth. And that's what our love is to be like. Our love is to be vigorously flourishing in knowledge and depth of insight. So please commit, won't you, with me to praying for ourselves and for each other that as we read God's word, our love for him and his ways would abound and pray that our knowledge and love of what's best for each other, that that would grow as well. But why? Why is this what you would pray for people who are living for Christ? Well, we just need to keep reading because Paul's got three reasons and they're all connected to one another. You know that song, the knee bone's connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone's connected to the backbone. The backbone's connected. You, you get the idea. Everything in these verses is like that. One thing leads on to the next. And so in verse 9, Paul prays that their love will abound so that something else will happen. What's this something else? Have a look with me. Verse 10 So that you may be able to discern what is best. Now, doesn't that sound terrific? <laughs> To be able to discern what is best. So often we're left wondering, what is the best thing to do? Do I take on that extra commitment or not? We can find ourselves trying to second guess what might happen, finding it hard to be sure about what is the best course to take. There might even be something right now that you're struggling with, not knowing what the best thing to do is. Well, it's into this fog that comes Paul's prayer that we'd be able to discern what is best. And the idea behind the word discern here is recognizing what the best thing is by choosing it. So Paul's prayer is not just that we would know what's best and love what's best, but that we would also choose what's best. And we need to remember in what sense things would be best. Remember, Paul's praying for the Philippians because the day of Christ is coming. He's praying, knowing that God's at work in them, to keep them in Christ until that day. And so the best things are going to be those things that keep us as servants of Christ. Paul's praying that we choose those things that will keep us following Jesus because those things are best. And we need to realize that this puts an edge to our prayers and to our lives that we're not always comfortable with. Because what if the best thing means giving up on that promotion because you want to safeguard your ability to serve your church family? What if the best thing means giving that money away because you can feel the the, the tug of materialism pulling at your soul? Or what if it means reaching out in love and giving up that free time you'd look forward to because someone needs you? What about when the best thing means giving up on a cherished sin that you think is pretty harmless or when the best thing means losing face in front of friends and family and workmates because you take your stand on Christ the best things don't include self-indulgence, self-interest, self-centeredness because the best things are those things that keep us as servants of Christ not servants of ourselves As we think about it, we can see why Paul would pray this way, can't we? Knowing, loving, and choosing what's best. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. But the stakes are high because we want to keep following Christ. We want to continue on as living as servants of Christ so that we can be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Verse 10 again. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Can you see how this prayer is working? Everything so far has been leading up to this point of us living pure and righteous lives. You know, the knee bones connected to the thigh bones connected to the backbone. I'm not going to sing again. It's okay. Yep. Well, knowing and loving what's best leads to choosing what's best. And choosing what's best leads to a pure blameless and righteous life that's what we're to be praying for that's what we're to be striving for because this is how God keeps us as his children this is what God's at work with in our lives keeping us as the people who know and adore and obey Christ our Lord and Savior by growing us in our knowledge and in our love and in our obedience to him Now all this talk of righteous and pure living being the way that God keeps us as his people, always following the Lord Jesus, you can respond to this news in a few ways, I reckon. You might be sitting there really genuinely excited by these wonderful plans. The thought of living to please God. You can't wait to pray for yourself and others and to strive even more for the righteous life that God desires. Or you could be drowning in the weight of expectation a blameless life of purity filled with the fruit of righteousness that's just all too hard you feel like you haven't been able to do it before you don't think you're going to be able to do it now and you just feel guilty sad overwhelmed friends it's at this point that we need to read verse 11 slowly Because in a wonderful way, Paul reminds us that producing pure lives in us, that's what God is doing in our lives. Look again at verse 11. Pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. See, where does this life of purity and righteousness come from? It comes from Christ himself. The very one who died and rose for our sins is the same one who steers our lives away from sin. The Lord Jesus comes to his people by his spirit, makes us his home and goes about the work of clearing out the garbage. And so he's about the work of changing our minds in our knowledge of how to live, changing our loves of what we desire to be in our lives, changing our choices in how we actually live so that through Christ we're filled with the fruit of righteousness. Have you ever had someone who really knows what they're talking about take you by their side and instruct you in something? When I was 10, we moved to a new town, and I'd just started playing cricket. And so as we we moved to Ballina, we looked for a new cricket club, and we stumbled on the Ballina RSL Cricket Club. And it just so happened that the father of the coach of this team was a kindly old man who himself had played for New South Wales back in his day i had never met someone who knew so much about the game. I still haven't. Jack Knight was his name. He was amazing. He took me under his wing. He taught me how to bowl, how to bat, how to catch. One of the reasons it was so terrific to be taught by Jack was that he was such a gentleman. And the other thing was that everything he taught me helped me. He knew so much. And he gently, step by step, patiently instructed me in all things cricket. And of course, I grew to love the game and everything associated with it. That's a bit like what the Lord Jesus does for us. By his spirit, he gently, patiently, step by step, instructs us in all things to do with righteousness. And as he does so, we grow to love everything to do with it. Because Christ doesn't just instruct us, he also shows us by his own life what a wonderful thing it is to live righteously. And he inspires and transforms us As by his spirit, we know him more and love him more. And so by God's work, we make our way to the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ as we abound in knowing and loving and choosing what's best. And as good as all this hopefully sounds, there's even more. Because all of this, all of what Paul's praying, all of what our lives are meant to be like, it is all for an ultimate purpose. There's one final connection to be made. The final bone in that old song is the neck bones connected to the head bone. That's the end point of that song. What's the end point of Paul's prayer? Where's this whole prayer and so our whole lives? What's the goal of it all? Verse 11 again. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. All of Christ's work in us, that we would grow in our knowledge and in our love and in our choosing of what's best, that by his spirit we'd remain his people, it is all so that we would give glory and praise to God. This is what our prayers should be for. This is what our lives lived for Christ are all about, the glory and the praise of God. And when we're thinking clearly, as we think about it, this is what we really, really want. Because our God, (laughs) the Lord we know and love, he has showered us with grace and peace, and we want him to get the credit, don't we? Think of what God has done for us. In the past, God the Father sent his son to die for us, for our sin. And then in the present, because of Christ, our God has made us his home, come to us by his very spirit. And in the future, our Lord Jesus is coming back for us. On his day, the day of Christ, he comes to showcase the Father's majesty by safely taking us to be with him. Because then God will clearly be seen to be the great God of power and mercy that he could even forgive and save sinners like us as we grow in our knowledge and in our love of god our father it becomes our delight and our desire and our supreme love that in our lives right here and now we'd bring our heavenly father glory and praise by living lives filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through christ that's what we want to do I'm one of four boys and when our dad died there was a bit of an awkward conversation about who would give the eulogy because we all wanted to do it we all wanted to publicly acknowledge our dad and the man that he was I loved and respected my dad and I wanted to be the one who spoke of the measure of the man I wanted to speak and I wanted to tell people what was admirable admirable about I wanted to honor my dad Friends, how much more our Heavenly Father. We want to honour and praise him, don't we? And the great news of these verses is that by our lives we can glorify God and that God himself is working in us so that we will. These verses should fill us with confidence because God's telling us what he's doing in the lives of his people, which means when we ask him, when we pray to him to do this work in us, we know that he will. So pray to him and ask him to do this work in your life. Pray to him and ask him to do this work in our lives. Ask him to make our knowledge and our love of him, of what's best, to abound. Pray that our delight would be in the things that help us to grow as servants of Christ. Ask him to give us the strength to choose what's best. And so live a pure and righteous life. Ask him that we would bring honour and glory and praise to our Heavenly Father. Let's expand our prayers to be concerned with the grand plans of God, the glory of his name in the lives of his people. And since this is what God's on about, then we are we can confidently strive for these things in our own lives. So in your life, pursue a blameless, righteous, pure life, in the confidence that God's at work in you. Godliness is not a lost cause. Glorifying God in your life, it's possible by the Spirit of God. And this is what life's all about. A life lived all for Christ, for the glory of the Father. And this morning we've seen what it looks like in general, growing in our knowledge and love of God and His ways, choosing the what's best, purity, righteousness. But for more details... For more flesh on the bones of what this will look like? Make sure you sign up for course of your life, won't you? A whole term to think about our lives, God's green plans, how we can be caught up in the glory of God. Friends, don't miss the course of your life. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much that by your Son you have made us your very own. Thank you that you've come to us by your Spirit. And thank you that by him you are changing us. You are filling us with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. That we might live holy, righteous, pure lives. And, Father, all for your glory. You are the one who deserves it all. You're the one who's made us your people. You are the one who are changing us and transforming us and keeping us as your people. Father, you're the one that will save us on that last great day. It's all your goodness and all your doing. And so we praise you. And so, Father, we ask that in our hearts we would know you more, love you more, and choose those things that please you more and more. And Father, we ask this for the sake of your name. Amen.